Hey, agency owners, it's time for a new episode of the Agency Blueprint, the number one podcast for agency owners looking to discover strategies for scaling an agency to seven figures and beyond, while reducing stress and getting your personal life back. I'm your host, Robert Patton, international bestselling author, agency scale partner, and founder of Creative Agency Success. Before we get started today, I'd like to send you a copy of our brand new book, The Practical Agency, written specifically to help creative agency owners go beyond the creative side and build systems to simplify and quickly scale their agency to $100,000 a month. Go to creativeagencysuccess.com forward slash practical agency to claim your free copy. And now for the show. Hey, everyone. We have Allison Coffrey joining us today. She's the founder of Operations Agency and the co-creator of the Operations Simplified Framework. Allison is best known for helping streamline the back-end ops for a multitude of brands, but mostly digital and creative agencies. As a fractional COO for many high-growth businesses, Allison fell in love with the results that clear ops bring to a service business. She and her team at Operations Agency are determined to help businesses thrive profitably, serve more clients, and create high-performing teams. Thanks so much for joining us today, Allison. Thanks, Robert. I'm super excited to be here. And my bio sounds much more professional coming from you. <laughs> well, thanks. Well, may- maybe if you're if you're looking for a good audio person. <laughs> so we have overarching, I think, a pretty big topic today, mm-hmm. uh, talking about resourcing and planning. The sort of first thing that I think is really important is what not to be doing so that listeners can sort of understand what they might be doing that's really creating problems for them. What is the sort of number one or a couple of the biggest mistakes that you see agencies make when it comes to resourcing and planning? Yeah, totally. So if you're offering a service and it feels custom every single time, then resource planning is going to be really, really, really challenging. I'm speaking to maybe some of the newer agencies who might still find themselves in maybe freelance mode, or we have a couple of team members, and we feel like we're all over the place in terms of what we're actually delivering. Maybe our services change quite a bit or the scope changes quite a bit. If that is kind of the cycle that you're in in your agency, that is basically the number one mistake is that we're in that cycle and then we try to resource plan to our own fault because things aren't consistent so we can't expect them to be consistent in the future either. And so I really start to take a look at standardizing the core services that you offer at least in the 89 to 90% mark so that we can be in a position where, for example, even if we don't know every single thing that a client's going to ask us to do, we can really start to capacity plan well when we know what's coming down the pike if we close a new website or if we close a new design pack or something like that, right? I wholeheartedly agree with that. I mean, I think that customization is the core problem for so many people in so many agencies. I mean, you have the sort of full service agency model that everyone believes that you're supposed to be. I mean, I think maybe too many people in the industry watched Mad Men and think that that's what an agency should be, right? And kind of following the big WPP model of it, we need to be everything. And it doesn't work. Agency owners were sold a lie. And it doesn't allow for you to produce great results for your clients. It creates chaos in your systems. It creates chaos in your team. And I hear so often, right, like, I just need the right person. And you can't find that right person if you're doing everything because no one's that specialized, right? You're taking loads of time to learn and it's just so incredibly difficult. That is 
another huge mistake that I see agencies and small businesses at, at large making actually is first and foremost, we can't clone ourselves. We can clone a lot of the tasks that we're doing, but this is our money. This is our baby. This is our business. And no one's going to care as much as we care. And that's step number one is just kind of removing yourself from having the 100% done version of what you're going to offload to a team or whatever else, because truthfully, 80% done. One of my mentors actually says 80% done is 100% freaking awesome because you don't have to like do it, right? And so getting that out of your own way there with perfectionism is huge. But the second thing I want to mention here is that ultimately hiring for a unicorn is the biggest detractor to building a team in a small business. That is wholeheartedly my opinion. You hire a person who's the jack of all trades, who can do all the different things, and you can scale your business pretty significantly to a certain point. And then you're going to hit a ceiling because that person has their fingerprints and has all this knowledge in their brain. And it's going to be really challenging to transfer it over to a way that can kind of scale a larger team that can take on certain specialties. And so I've met so many agency owners that have like four or five really good versatile team members. And I always look at them and I'm like, I'm so sorry, but you probably did one of the worst things that you could have done when growing your business because folks need to stay specialized in their lanes to create more consistency in the business. And so hiring for that like specialty unicorn person who is going to be able to download all your years of industry expertise, it's just not a really consistent, reliable way to scale an agent. And then you're completely dependent on them. If they ever decide to go anywhere, how do you find them again? I mean, sure, you may, be, I don't know how, honestly, I don't know how, how people really tend to find those quote unquote unicorns, but it is something that agencies do tend to find from time to time. And I was actually working with a new agency right now, and they have a couple of those unicorns exactly as you just mentioned. And it's like, in order to find someone, they had to go global in their search to find someone that had all the different pieces of what they needed and the years of experience and cloning yourself. And that's, I think, when it comes to hiring, one of the number one things that agency owners do wrong is like they try to replace themselves, like of everything that they do. I was in a, in a sales conversation with a current client before they came on. And what the client asked me is, Robert, how are you going to help me be in a place where my team has downloaded the 30 years worth of experience that I have. And my response was, I can't, and we won't. But I'm going to learn to have you be okay with that, and then specialize to the point that you can find people that have the necessary expertise deep in certain areas that allow for it to not be necessary. And that's really where the difference is. I can't agree more. I think so many times with our perfectionism, right, as small business owners, we tend to hold ourselves back from delegating some of those things. Yep, the whole hero complex. And then we end up build, building this sort of Franken business, right? That's like all these things and it's so difficult to manage and becomes the the exact opposite of what we wanted to create. And we look back at it and it's like, I just created a prison for myself rather than something that's actually giving me freedom. So let's say that a listener right now doesn't have any reporting or tracking for their resourcing or their planning or anything. What would your recommendation be to them for starting? Where do they start? 
Yeah, good question. So there's basically two versions of that person. The first is that they have no data, right? So they don't know, they haven't been tracking anything. So maybe they're not time tracking yet because they feel like it's micromanaging or they're in a position where maybe they don't even know how much time a service actually is costing them, is costing the business. And so if you're there, if you're in that bucket, start tracking your time and start loosely, you know, basing, okay, if I have a standardized service, it usually takes X amount of weeks and it's usually about X amount of input of time from myself and from the other delivery members of my team. Now, if you have that data, right, if you're in version two of this person, the very first thing I would begin doing is start to just overall track the timing that you have, the amount of hours of capacity that your team has. So when you start to take a look at full-time hours, I like to, utilization is a pretty hot topic, I feel like among the agency crowd. And I personally, depending on your model, I feel like utilization is a place where a lot of agencies get stuck and they start to really take a look at utilization in a way that I feel like doesn't make sense for, for them. Also, especially if you are looking at utilization and you yourself are still very involved inside of fulfillment, your utilization and the cost to run your agency goes way, way, way up. And a lot of founders don't factor their time in. They just look at their delivery costs and they're like, oh, I'm making great margins. And so figuring out some of those pieces as well are going to be really huge. So I say to kind of keep things short, make sure you're tracking your time and your team's time especially if you're wondering like, where's all my money going and why do things always feel on fire? Very often the first thing that I just say is, hey, listen, just be be accountable to tracking your time, at least for a two week period, just so we can get a baseline of how things are working. Second is to standardize the delivery and how many hours of your team's time and your time that that actually takes. And then put it into a meaningful way that you can start to take a look at your team's time at large and your time at large and how much basic capacity you have based on how much it takes you to fulfill on a project. And from there, you'll have a pretty solid picture of, okay, if I close five websites tomorrow, my team's all going to have hair on fire, right? Because they're going to need to work an 80 hour week when they only have a 35 hour capacity or whatever that is going to be. And so I think, again, in broad strokes, we can start to paint this picture for ourselves that can help us make better decisions as an owner or if we're leading a sales team or something of that nature. There's so much to unpack there, Allison. So, I mean, time tracking, I think you kind of might have said a bad word for the industry. I am a huge fan and will fight tooth and nail. And I actually had a client not too long ago that was talking about, I don't want to do time tracking. I don't believe in it. I think it's too micromanagey and it doesn't, it's not something that's fun to do. And it was like a core cultural thing that they believed that they needed to do that attracted people by not time tracking. And I told them, my, my literal response is, this is a hill I will die on. You need to do it. You just have to. And I, if you're fighting it, like it, it's such an incredible basis of information. But if you're not time tracking right now and you don't have that basis, one of the things I suggest to agencies where they're considering how much time is it going to take, you take the thought of like, hey, this is how many weeks it's going to take and then how many projects of this size can that person manage so that you can then think of it as a percentage of a person over the length of a project. And don't take this optimistic view, right? I mean, you said 35 of a 40-hour work week. There's absolutely no way we're going to get that many billable hours out of any person. I, that's just, that's not reasonable. I mean, my recommendation is to be between 60 and 70% utilized for an agency that's looking to grow and planning for you to have that lower utilization so that you have space and capacity and you're not overwhelming your team. I mean, especially for a creative, yeah. you can't have them like you're, you're going to put out 
38 hours a week of creative work like just can you imagine the hell that would be for that person there's just no way they're going to produce great work that way you know yeah, I, I agree. I think utilization is, again, one of the areas where agencies get stuck because they've been sold this dream that they're going to be 95%, 80, even 80% utilized. And I think that especially for some of my smaller growing agencies, I've always looked at it. I was I remember I sat down with an agency once. They were a growing agency doing about a million and a half trying to get to three. And we were really working through a lot of these capacity planning issues and how many additional you know account managers we needed to hire and how what was their capacity individually we were like breaking all the things down and we did a financial report with them and i remember talking with the two founders who were very much still wrapped up into fulfillment and they said well you guys aren't tracking your time and they were like aghast they were like i don't know why i need to track my time and i was like well if you guys are actually delivering on services, then yeah, we need to track our time. And really the cost then to deliver our services is, is going up pretty significantly. And so what we uncovered with them actually is that they weren't making as much net profit as they or gross profit as they thought they were making on these services. And we were like, we got to raise our prices or get you out completely of this fulfillment process. And so until you really know what your numbers are, what your team's involvement is, you can't even begin to start to fathom anything like utilization or taking a look at how much things are costing you or how much time things are even really taking until you really can sit down with some of the ways you're operating and some of the ways that, you know, the team is functioning. 100% also the recognition that if you're delivering on services and you're not accounting for that, there's a cost to replace you when you're no longer doing that. There's going to be a limit, a ceiling for you to be involved. And what I see happen for so many agencies, this typically happens in the 1.2 to 1.8 million in revenue where the owner gets to a capacity where they just can't and they have to start removing things and bringing people on. But then what loads of agencies find is that they sell the service for the same price, but never factored in their cost. And now they've replaced themselves on the project and their profit margins dwindle. You know that they end up revenue continues to increase their profit stays the same or even declines because they've brought people on to now do the work that they were doing and they were never charging for it and not recognizing that there's still a cost associated. I'm not in business, nor do I work so that I don't get paid, right? Like I'm not intending to work for free. I'm assuming none of the listeners or you, Allison, are intending to work for free. And so if you are not thinking about that, then you're setting yourself up to actually work for free. What are your sort of thoughts overarching on how to actually start research resource planning and like software that we can be utilizing and leveraging technology to be able to build out that plan of what would be done when and what is the capacity of a person and planning around all those types of things and variables of like sick time and vacation time and thinking about all those sorts of things that play into account for an agency? Yeah, definitely. So I think as we start to resource plan, we can think through, okay, well, what is our overarching policy on vacation and sick days and all those things and factor those in. So usually it's about 2000 hours a year. If you're holding annual employees, that leaves about two weeks of time off. So it's usually the standard that I like to work with when we start to capacity plan. And then what I like about what you're mentioning is to also factor in some of the administrative needs of the organization as well. So I personally like to take 30% off the top for administrative slash quote unquote overhead, meaning that I really am interested in when I start to plan being at that about 70%, right? Saying, okay, if we're really optimized, what does 70% utilization look like? And then what I start to do is I start to take a look at as we fill that cup, as we fill that capacity, 
I want to put in some feedback loops internally so that the team can come and tell me, hey, listen, actually, I'm super overwhelmed. We thought I could handle 12 clients, but I actually can only handle 10 or whatever is going to be happening, right? And add in some sort of feedback loop so that we can go back to the table and say, okay, 70% utilization for the team maybe wasn't exactly accurate. And here's maybe why we use Mary X, Y, or Z as the person who did the feedback as the example. And so I think thinking through some of the broad strokes of, first of all, how this will live inside your organization, because I think so many people lean on a piece of technology or a brand new tool, especially agency owners. I feel like agency owners, like I have an AppSumo membership. I love the new shiny things. Do not get me wrong. But I think ultimately what we want to do is we want to set up something that's going to last. And I think thinking about the day-to-day first, what habits are we going to track? What things are going to put themselves in their day-to-day? So how are we doing either daily standups or how are we updating our project management tool to make sure that it doesn't feel like a lot of work at the end of the day? It feels like a little bit of work throughout the day. So I would first and foremost start with setting up time tracking and a project management tool that you feel comfortable with using. And why I say feel comfortable with using and I didn't just name a specific tool is that they all do lots of really great things. It just really depends on the style of your agency and how you prefer to see your work. Yeah, the best project management tool is the one that you dump all of your tasks and things that you want into like a spreadsheet first, use it for a week or two, and then be like, oh, I can audition pieces of tech that natively work the way I've been managing this on my own, especially for creative agencies. Like one size fits all. I've seen so many creative agencies like force asana or force monday.com on their creative team and it just falls it just falls really flat and like the owner themselves doesn't use it so that's another big insider tip is like you're leading your organization by example if you're an owner listening to this you absolutely need to make sure that if you're adopting any of these things if you're putting in tracking if you're putting in a project management tool if you're capacity planning and you're looking at these numbers live by them die by them lead by example show your team that you are also willing to do the hard work because they will be more like to do the hard work. So I think I sort of answered your question, but I don't think there's a piece of technology or a tool that will work better than thinking about how this is going to affect the day-to-day and just choosing every day to lead by example and review the reports and diligently update your project management tools. And I really do think that is what's going to keep us in business. So many people are unwilling to do those little hard things. And I think if you are willing to do them, then you're only going to be that much more successful and a leader in your industry. So the way that I look at the resource planning of how many hours a person can really work is I, I plan on 48 weeks because you I include holiday time, vacation time, sick time. And so I assume 48 weeks a year. And then the 70% utilization, as you talked about, so it's a slight variance, but we're talking maybe 20 hours of the course of the year difference, but I'm counting 1350. The thing that you just said that like resonated so much with me, it was a conversation I was having with a client recently where they were having problems with time tracking. And the email I sent to him is, how do you expect your team to do it? I looked at the time tracking system and you don't have any time in there. I don't see you logging anything in your project management. I don't see you following any of these SOPs. And yet you're trying to mandate that your team does it. If they see you not doing it, they clearly don't believe that it's important to you. So you're telling them it isn't by doing that. You're yelling at them, telling them that they're going to get fired, they're going to get written up. You can try to mandate all these things, but if you're not willing to do it, then your team isn't going to do it. You have to lead by example. And it's those little things, those little details that really can make or break a growing business. And it's so incredibly important. And if you're listening and you're asking your team to time track, you're asking your team to do anything, 
that you are not doing yourself, you're setting yourself up for failure and they're not going to follow you. I guarantee it. Yeah. Just like we said earlier, like no one's going to care about your business as much as you care about it. And so that is a negative detractor from a lot of the ways people interact with your business, right? You are in a position where if you're not time tracking and you seemingly don't care about it, then nobody's going to care about it in your agency. Mm -hmm. And I know that time tracking is super unsexy, right? Like nobody wants to do it. Nobody wants to do it. But as long as we can find an easier way and a way to be like, hey, listen, we're in this together and this is just a necessary thing and weave it throughout our week, it really doesn't have to be that big of a burden. No, it really doesn't need to be. I mean, I don't enjoy it, but we do it as well. You know, like I, I think that's necessary and something that you should be doing. Any, any service-oriented business needs to this one is a, a bit of a heavy question that it comes up so incredibly often. There's so many agencies that I've spoken with that end up discounting their fees or, pay, or having bringing in lower paying clients when they're in a place of revenue crunch or what have you just so that they can cover their costs. What are your thoughts about that? And what would your recommendation be to an agency that's doing that? The piece that's so incredibly important was the, the, de the decision component of it, right? We will try to just kick decisions down the road and like just try to make the what feels like the easiest thing to do right now so we can avoid making the hard decisions. And you need to make the hard ones. That's what we are here to do. And it ends up creating bad habits. It ends up affecting our mindset. It ends up affecting in the team morale. One of the other things that you said from your mentor that I just thought was super interesting is that Ultimately, the follow through is so incredibly important, right? Just making sure that you continue doing. I was having a conversation with a colleague last week and he was asking for what is the best strategy for lead gen right now? And I said, just pick one like you've tried doing. I know that over the past year, you've picked like five or six of them and you keep like starting and stopping them. Like any one of those would have worked. You just needed to do it long enough where it would have actually worked and paid attention to it long enough. Like they will work and you just need to be patient. Yeah, and actually totally. follow through. Yeah, there's that proverbial like one traffic source, one offer for one year. Like that is mm -hmm. true. That's very yep. true. And it honestly, it's the best baseline I have for growing a business. And I've been in so many, you know, startup entrepreneurial spaces where they're like, operationally, what should I do? And I'm like, the one, 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 like just do that. One traffic source, one offer for one year, and then create your backend systems behind that. If you have 90 offers and all of these different ways that people can get in touch with you, operationally speaking, it's going to be a nightmare for you. And you're going to end up spending way more money to pull something like that off. Like start simple, take home really good margins and just keep those and grow incrementally. I think a lot of folks, especially this day, they're like, I need this get rich quick, or I need this quick fix, or I'm going to take this pill and this is the magic thing. And this person experienced a ton of success. And so I'm going to do that. And I'm going to make a million dollars in a day kind of thing. And unfortunately, those are the minority. The majority of folks are slow growers, right? These firms that have been around for 10 years, Apple was around, I think it was 12 years before they launched the iPod. 12 years. That's incredible. And the iPod was like that hockey stick moment for them. Before that, they were barely doing better than Dell. So like, oh, they were losing money hand over yeah, fist. They it was incredible. It was incredible. Yeah. So I mean, we just need to remember that, yeah, doing the things again, going back to that kind of habits conversation before, right, doing the things day to day that we know are going to bring us back the most return, right, and the most clarity on the decisions moving forward, right, the hard things that people aren't willing to do. You just hit on something that like, 
I find so incredibly interesting too is like you will go and see online like this other model of something that someone else is doing and if like I just follow exactly what someone else is doing I will have the same result right no absolutely not they're in a different place they're in a different scale they're in a different size they're in a different offering they're in a different industry they're just there's so many other variables and you think you can just copy and paste it into your business and it's not and why anytime I'm advising a client it's not about copying and pasting into the business like you have to consider the owner you have to consider the team you have to consider the clients you have to consider the service you have to consider the size of where they are and make sure you're doing the right thing at the right time you do the right thing at the wrong time and it causes so much damage and and people end up feeling like they're a failure they did it wrong this other person had the success and you end up telling yourself all these things and you end up in a shame spiral and anyways i'm gonna go off on an an entirely new podcast episode talking about this now encore episode yeah yeah (laughs) See where you've started, Allison. It's been just so incredibly phenomenal having you join me today on the episode. Allison, I know that you have a documentation toolkit that you're offering to listeners. If you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about it, and if someone's looking to get in touch with you, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, thanks, Robert. I've had such a lovely time too, connecting and chatting through some of this stuff. So yeah, folks listening can find me at operationsagency.com. There's a toolkit on the main page that you can download that has a bunch of goodies if you're just getting started on this documentation journey, what you should really be paying attention to about your calendar, how you're spending your time, what core services you're delivering, and how to really take a look at what's involved inside of those, and how to really start this this kind of foundation. And this is what I've been doing for the last five years. And honestly, I just love the clarity that systems can bring to a business. I hope that uh, you find it out. Awesome, everyone. Go ahead and download that toolkit. And I'll make sure that all of the notes for that is in the show notes. Thanks so much for joining us today. Once again, thank you so much for carving out the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. Now, chances are, if you're an agency owner listening to this podcast right now, then you may be feeling like this. Because I was finding myself constantly overworked within our business, um, constantly like too busy with fulfillment or too busy with uh, customer service needs. So I didn't have the time to go think about how am I going to close this person or what I'm going to say to this person or what am I going to do with this or what's the next strategy I need to do. Now, of course, this podcast is here to help you with a lot of things, but at one episode per week, it's going to take a while for us to share everything you need specifically for your situation. So if you're really serious about committing to fixing the problems in your agency now, so you can build a truly profitable business and get your life back, then I want to invite you to apply for the Agency Accelerator Program. I'm not so stressed during calls thinking, oh my gosh, I got to sell, I got to sell, I got to sell because if I don't sell, I don't make our, I don't make our numbers, you know, and if I don't make our numbers, I can't pay our people. If I can't pay our people, then our business is down. This program is designed to help creative agency owners get to 1 million in revenue per year in 12 months or less. I typically charge one client a $3,000, anywhere from 2,000 to 3,000. Now I'm uh, moving towards only 5,000 and up. And my latest client that I closed is a $10,000 client on a monthly retainer. We only accept about 20% of the agencies that apply to this program because we wanna make sure that we only work with people who will commit the time, energy, and resources required to take what they learn in the program and use it to create an agency of their dreams. You've taught me and you've taught us how to build this within our company that if X happens, this happens, boom, 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 boom. Like it's so systematic that it's gonna work for itself. That has given me the sense of like, oh, I know what the heck I'm talking about. I know what I'm good at. I know that I can deliver upon what I want to deliver. And yeah, I gained hell of a lot of confidence for sure. 
So if that's you, then I want to invite you to apply today. Just hit the link in the show notes to apply for the Agency Accelerator program or go to creativeagencysuccess.com forward slash apply. Thanks, and I'll see you inside the program.